Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stable and Able Podcast. We are your hosts, Karen and Brenda, coming to you from beautiful Bolton, Ontario, Canada. Love it. Love it. Beautiful day. It's uh, 25 out, sun's out. So we're going to do some recording and then uh, we're going to go outside and probably chit chat a bit, tell each other lies <laughs> and um, maybe start working on our next episode or start hashing it out. The beautiful thing about starting this in the summertime is that we've been able to do most of our, what do we want to call it? Conference or meetings. Pro- our, our project <laughs> meetings. Project meetings. Outside. Or production meetings. Production, production meetings. meetings. Been able to do them outside, which has been been great. I wish we could record outside, but there's just too much. But too much back noise. But maybe I could put a little little birdie sounds in the back or something and <laughs> even ocean and palm. We can make it sound however we want it. Exactly. Exactly. So before we start today's episode, uh, I would like to put a trigger warning uh in effect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about some uh, really deep and disturbing subject matter. Might not be disturbing to everybody, but uh, for others, it this may be triggering. And we just wanted to let you know up front. In fact, it's we're going to be a trigger warning for this podcast in general, some more than others. Today, we're talking about generational trauma. And as this goes about, you're going to learn more and more about us and our generational trauma. You're going to learn about our diagnosis and our experiences and our traumas. And if you ever find it too difficult to listen to, please just stop. And if you find that you need to talk to somebody, whether it's a a friend, a loved one, or a family member, please do that as well. Because certainly we want want to share, we want to educate, but we certainly don't want to cause any harm to anybody. No, we want to encourage your healing. Exactly. Because... That's what is helping us to do these podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny when you when you say it out loud, mm-hmm. it's so different than what you hear in your head. Yes, and when you say it to your doctor, it's a lot different than when you discuss it without medical supervision, so to speak. Right. It's most real, almost. It is right. Yes, because in a clinical setting, it's still clinical. Yes, <laughs> and for me, there's this also this thing in the back of my head going. Am I one word away from them institutionalizing me? Exactly. Because you're wondering, <laughs> what is their agenda for this appointment? And they start they start voicing their opinion, not their opinion, their their observations mm-hmm. of how you were in that, that last episode or that last session. Um, session. And uh, you're thinking... I don't, I don't remember that. Is that the state I was in? Yes, exactly. So you got to be on your best behavior. I think I'm the same. And they, or they tell me something that they noted. Well, the last time you hear in the notes, I'm like, really? Yeah. (laughs) Shoot. How close was I? Oh, you weren't close. Well, the way you say it. What are you writing there? What are you writing? (laughs) Didn't we have a meeting last week? Well, that was four months ago. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah, well, like, what are good psychiatrist jokes? Because then yeah. you think, am I laughing too much? Yeah. yeah. Am I crying too much? Am I too angry? Oh, they think yeah. I'm manic. <laughs> but I'm not. And then you beg. Yeah. Please don't think that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, God, they definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. See, we can laugh at this shit. <laughs> yeah. If you can't laugh, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. So we kind of did a, a bit of a check in in here. Um, how are you doing? I'm really doing well. I'm yeah. really doing well. Thank you. How about you, hon? Uh, I've been all over the place, to yeah. be honest. Um, it's been, what are the words? Chaotic, mm-hmm. uh, what I used recently. 
my brain has just been like a live wire all over the place. Like stuff flying, like, I don't know, best way I can describe my brain right now, it's actually pretty good today, is, you know the Science Center? Oh, all around the world, you guys don't necessarily know what the Science Center is, but there's that ball you can touch and it makes your hair stand on end. Yep. That's my brain. It's touching the ball. Oh my God. <laughs> and your hair's all standing up. Is that why your hair looks that way yeah, today? Yeah. No, that's what my brain, brain nerves, like, my nerves look like in my brain. They're like, like but it's honey. just like all over the place. It's, um, I'm up, I'm down. Well, you're cycling. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I dissociate a bit because my mind wanders. And then I'm like, whoa, how long I've been doing that for? Um, but I'm, I'm kind of used to it, right? Like I go through these periods where. Like, I'm okay, but I'm not okay, but mm-hmm. I'm okay, not okay? Yes. Does that make any sense? Yes. You know you're going to get through it. Yes. But it's a question of when will that be? For myself, I know if I'm going through that cycle, and it's not a good cycle, I know that, I know the level in which, how far I can go, if that makes any sense. hmm um, is this is this a trip on the way to the hospital? Yes. Or am I going to level out in a couple of weeks like, can you or ride a couple of days? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Like, I know that I'm going to, I'll ride this out. Mm-hmm. And I went through a period of uh, earlier in the week, exhaustion, where I just honestly couldn't keep my eyes open. I was so tired. And I hate that. I would avoid sleep at all costs. I'm FOMO girl, fear of missing out. I want to be doing something all the time, <laughs> constantly. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't asleep, then I could read a lot. I could learn a lot more. I could be out doing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for me, it's like, I want to suck life dry. Right. Like I want to, the on my last days, yeah. I want to say, thank you for teaching me that. While well, I wasn't sleeping. Good night all. <laughs> I don't know why I'd have that accent on my deathbed, but... Yeah. <laughs> And why are you saying goodnight? You don't like to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh my God. But yeah, so when I, so can you imagine, like I love being awake mm-hmm. and people think I'm crazy, but I do. And so when I nap or I have to nap, I'm like fighting it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? You got it. Cause you're just going to keep feeling exhausted. Well, what did I say to you? Just... We need, we need to sleep yeah. to live. <laughs> You know, and also too, in all fairness, when you are cycling like that, not you, but when we are in general, when you're cycling like that, it is fucking exhausting. It is. It's exhausting as hell. Because you're fighting what you're going through. Right. So you're, you're fighting the emotions, the feelings. So you're taking all that energy to fight it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but for me, is to also appear normal. There's a lot of like energy put into like trying to appear oh, the mask. normal. The mask. Yeah. Yes. So it's like that mask is heavy and Very you're carrying it around. familiar with the mask. Yeah. So you're fighting the cycling, you're fighting yourself, but not like fighting bad battle. It's battling out of it. Right. So yeah, you get tired. You get exhausted. And I have fibro. So. When I go through these periods, my body, I feel, is betraying me. Mm-hmm. I hurt from head to toe. My brain hurts. My body hurts. And I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I get brain fog on top of already having, <laughs> you All know. All these mad yeah. and I, so emotions I just going through you. Miserable. I mm-hmm. feel miserable. 
but I don't want to feel miserable and I don't want to put that misery on other people. So mm -hmm. yeah, so it's piled on, piled on, piled on. Thankfully, I'm having a good day and I feel like I'm rolling out of it. Yeah. Great. So you asked and I answered. <laughs> and, and, and I like the answer. It's encouraging. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's healthy. Yeah. It's honest. And you're, you're, you're going with the flow. Years ago, and you know, I would not say anything mm -hmm. or I would deny it and I would do things that were really bad for me to get through it. Mm -hmm. So I'll say to people now, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything stupid because then I might get hammered for weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I might do these really bad, harmful things to myself, meaning mostly like drinking or maybe going out and spending too much money or doing that kind of thing, being very impulsive. But now I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I just, I might do other things like get really quiet or maybe withdraw a bit, but I can honestly say I'm not going to do anything dumb. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. And that's where we parallel each other in our healing process right now, where we know we're not going to go back to that behavior. Yeah. And whatever that behavior looks like for each individual, mm -hmm. um, we're moving forward. I can't imagine going back to those behaviors now. It, no. it just makes me, honestly, I start to feel physically ill. It frightens me. Yeah. It frightens the hell out of me. Yeah. Just, just the thought of it alone. It's like, there's no way even I couldn't get past, I couldn't push past that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't force myself to do it if, even if I wanted to. So, yeah. I mean, that's positive, right? That is very positive <laughs> in, in a, kind of oddball KK's kind of way. Well, we certainly wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> we wouldn't. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a exactly. little bit of an oddball. That's true. <laughs> so let's keep it odd and let's move on to the generation generational trauma. It's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It is. So here we are. Episode one. Episode Gen one. Yeah. Generational trauma. And uh, let's what get is into the it. definition of that? Well, should I just read it or should I say, I'm going to read it off my little notes here. It's trauma that extends from one generation to the next in complex ways. Um, it's, I mean, a group collectively experiences a horrific event. So your family is a mess, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Something traumatic that happens within the family that you all experience. Okay, so it could be alcoholism, it could be violence, it could be those types of things. So well, let's let's talk about home. Okay, you know we we lost Bruce. Yeah, uh, at a very young age, Bruce is my brother Kay's uncle. Uncle Bruce, and uh, he passed away. Uh, took his life. He lost his battle with mental illness and alcohol and drugs, and he took his life at forty six years old. Hmm. So, you know, this is. A definition sadly of generational trauma yeah and so what he experienced and what we have experienced because, because of, of the him, act but because of him i don't mean yeah but because of how it affected him right so here uh, abuse it could be any type of abuse physical emotional psychological uh, discrimination natural disasters racism war poverty and this isn't specific to childhood or adulthood it's just any age absolutely and the trauma causes an adverse emotional psychological physical response 
to the catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. So that's the common denominator in it. Right. How does this relate to generational trauma? The deal is, or how it's understood, is that when the trauma happens, especially prolonged trauma, it affects us on a molecular level. Things like heart disease, you can see like it manifest, can manifest itself in heart disease. It can manifest itself in um, obesity, uh, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, alcoholism, um, you know, substance abuse. It, it, it just, and then in, in those things affect us on a molecular level because they actually damage those cells. Mm-hmm. I mean, your body can only take so much trauma mm-hmm. uh, mentally. And it, your brain wears down, your body wears down. Right. A big one. Well, you forgot about yourself, fibro. Fibro. Your fibro. Yeah. And a biggie is PTSD. PTSD. Yes. And then, so how does that affect you? It affects you on a biological, physical level. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that if someone, and then a group of someone's, someone's, a group <laughs> of some, someone's, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, let's say someone's this happens on a generational level, then it now becomes a mutation in us. Mm -hmm. And that mutation is passed on to our children, generally mother to child. So now the child has these defective genes, so to speak, and then it manifests in ways of having high anxiety to things. Sure. So you may have anxiety, depression, different stuff like that. That isn't necessarily like a genetic thing. Like my grandma was bipolar and my mother and so on. This is more damage that has been done. The other part of it is that those that have been traumatized often have not learned how to cope. So then they're just doing the same thing, right? Their poor coping mechanisms fall onto the child and then the child is affected by the parents. So if their mother was an alcoholic and was, didn't cope and did, and was say verbally abusive or cold, then they have a child, that parent may do the same things. Right. Right. So then that child now is sort of picking up where that parent left off Mm -hmm. and then they have the genetic component. Right. So it is a psychological and biological that's the best way or physio- no, no. physiological and, and physiological yeah you and you're going to get to that later which is really really interesting mm-hmm. but that's sort of that's sort of like the roundabout theory of it um and so what is the effect on families or let's just say i'm going to break it down a little bit more so how, ways that this can be passed down more than what i just said uh, dna modifications in utero memory cultural messages and conditioning cultural patterns, cumulative emotional wounding, dominating family narratives, normalization of hatred, cruelty, and do you, oh, sorry, and dehumanization towards others, parents bypassing or not coping with their trauma, like I had just said, mm-hmm. and aggressions and microaggressions. So a perfect example is if a, a family is racist right. and hateful, and that's passed on. Oh, sure. So, and that hate is now hardwired. And hopefully at some time, and we see it, that cycle is broken. Right. Somehow. 
So the behavior of the hurt and traumatized parent or family member negatively affects the child on all levels. Now, what is it the effect on family as a whole? Well, the disconnection, denial, detachment, distance, impaired self-esteem stemming from the minimization of the child's own life. I, that, that phrase breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. That, that phrase just breaks my heart. That their worth is not important as the parent's worth. Exactly. But did you experience that? Um, being the youngest of the five, not really. I, I have to say, admittedly, I had a different upbringing than Mm -hmm. my elders and I was, I was pretty spoiled. I mean, I'll just say it. So I, I know it's true. Um, maybe on some level with my mom, but certainly not my father, certainly not my father. So it was a traumatic upbringing, but on, on another level of it, you were, right. it was a different level of than your older siblings. Yes. Yes. What they, well, in a nutshell, my mother wasn't diagnosed. We didn't know what bipolar disorder was until maybe what forty, fifty years ago. Yeah, it was something like that. Manic depression or whatever. It, it yeah. was manic depression, and she wasn't diagnosed. So can you imagine being undiagnosed with a mental illness, not being properly medicated for this mental illness, and you're raising five children? How do you do that? How do you do that? And that's part of my generational trauma. And then you add in alcoholism, drug abuse, and... Everything that goes... Everything up. else. Yeah. So the further uh, effect on the families is uh, estrangement, neglect, abuse, and violence. And the big one is um, the trauma bond, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. So excited about that. I know you are. I know. I really am. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this sick shit. (laughs) So basically, it's a person experiencing abuse. They develop an unhealthy attachment to the abuser. Right. And uh, they may rationalize or defend the the abusive actions. And they feel a sense of loyalty uh, from them. Well, especially if you're the child and it's the parent. Yeah. And generally, correct me if I'm wrong, Case. That parent is is a narcissist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they know how to get in your head from every level. Yeah. And you're left guessing about how to go about. But at the end of the day, you just want that quote unquote normal parent relationship. Right. And you never get it. Yeah. But we will go into that. Oh, yes. Next episode. So the negative effects. Trauma and stress can increase the chances of chronic pain certain illnesses and behaviors that affect physical and psychological health. Now we did just go through this list or we, we touched on it. So I'm just going to go through a few more, uh, poor sleep, uh, low <laughs> <laughs> self-harm Yeah, and self-harm can manifest itself in different ways. I've already mentioned a couple, uh, alcohol, drug abuse, overspending. You mentioned some good ones about, well, uh, I was just going to mention the difficulty regulating aggression. Yes. Wow. That is huge. And the extreme reactivity to stress. Yes. It's unbelievable. Like how I was crying cross-legged in the middle of a field last night because my dog wouldn't give the ball back to another dog. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like that. That's heartbreaking. Oh, 
It's not. <laughs> no, you're all alone in the field. <laughs> it was that the, bad. It was dark. <laughs> Even the flyer fireflies, fireflies wouldn't light up. <laughs> and all you could hear in the distance was <laughs> of the ball. And the ball squeaking Ooh. in her teeth. <laughs> Not coming home. All you heard was squeaking and sobs. Sobs. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty pathetic sight. Pretty pathetic sight. It Thank also... God for Mary. Thank you, Mary. My girl. My lady. Um. Okay, moving forward. Uh, shame. And shame is like, I've got, I might as well have shame tattooed on my forehead. Because that's one of my biggest things. I fight it every day. I don't know. I'm reading success. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. It does have a sit in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Um, we digress. Digress. Um, heightened sense of vulnerability and helplessness. Mm-hmm. Low self-esteem. Another big one for me is dissociation. Uh, hypervigilance. Uh, there you mm-hmm. go. Intrusive thoughts. These are P- a PTSD symptoms. So I do relate to a lot of these and I used to be way worse, but I'm with tr- uh, treatment and help. I'm, I'll, this is, these don't affect me near as much. Um, difficulty with relationships and attachment to others. You already said difficulty regulating ag- aggression and extreme reactivity. Mm-hmm. Those, those are all the big ones, the negative physical and psychological effects. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about the physiological, more scientific look at it. Epigenetics? Epigenetics. Okay, I said it right. You did. This is a quote from the CDC, Center of Disease Control. The study of how a person's behavior and their environments can cause changes that affect the way their genes work. So here's a little bit of history. 1966, Canadian psychiatrist Vivian Rakoff and colleagues were some of the first to recognize the concept of generational trauma. The research team recorded high rates of psychological distress among the children of the people who survived the Holocaust. In the 1990s, researchers began to look at the biological anatomy of generational trauma by the way of epigenetics. Trauma affects us at a microscopic level and prolonged and repeated trauma with very little nurturing and protective care given. This creates toxic stress, elevating the body's stress hormones like cortisol, which I'm sure you've We've all heard about it, right? which can damage and dysregulate the brain and body systems. Each one of our cells in our body contains genes, which house our genetic code, also known as a blueprint for all of our functioning. And there are chemical switches above the genes that can turn on or off this response in regards to the environment that create alterations. And this affects the way that genes work. And these alterations can pass on to the next generation. So that's a scientific explanation of how I tried to sum it up. And here's an example. Some mothers who experience trauma have epigenetic changes called DNA methylation, which is associated with higher levels of depression and PTSD. And those same changes can show up in the child also their moms have maladaptive behaviors that create an environment to further traumatize the child. So we summed that up pretty. Okay. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but this question just came to, to mind. Mm-hmm. We use mothers as an example quite a bit uh-huh. in our discussions. Part of it is because of the issues and 
the generational trauma that we suffered at the hands of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, is there a correlation there? Is it, is it just, it's usually attached to females. Like, I, I wonder if it's because it's easier to, like, I mean, the mothers carry us and we right. share the same blood and things like that. Mm-hmm. The father's genes don't have the same direct effect maybe as when we're in utero. Yeah. And maybe that's why, because certainly if the father is the, the one that's traumatized and if the mother's the traumatizer or the abusee or abuser, Mm -hmm. but they're still messed up. Yeah. But I think it's maybe just easier to trace through the mothers because of carrying the child. Okay. I don't know. That's a really good question. Okay. Because we know like it comes from both genders. Absolutely it would. But yeah, we do. It Pretty much the discussion but, involves mothers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. They can affect metabolism and other cellular mechanisms that can lead to, like we said, diabetes, premature aging, high cholesterol, early Heart death. Heart problems. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to heal and protect what happens to us so in the long-term effects of toxic stress don't reach the further future generations. So if we take care of ourselves now, well, I'll look at my son mm-hmm. and his fiance. They're, you know, he's healing or in your daughter, mm-hmm. the ways that we have worked on ourselves. Mm-hmm have helped them to heal from their experiences. Mm -hmm. And maybe what they, we passed on to them can heal because none of this is permanent. No. I mean, we can, we can heal from this. And then their children won't get these genetic defects. Mm -hmm. And then their, the generational trauma is no longer exists. Right. And that's, that's our hope. Well, and I think that's sort of our MO with this podcast is moving it forward in a positive way, in a healing way, in a healing manner. And that's what we want to do for our children so they can do it for their children. Yeah. I'd like to think that, in fact, I know that your grandchild will likely be the generation that's not attached to the generational trauma. Right. The cycle will be broken. Yeah. And that this child will get the best of everybody. Amen. So, yeah. So that's a good thing about it is the brain is plastic. It moves. It shapes. It's not concrete. It's not stuck. We can Mm -hmm. actually reroute things. It's reversible. It's reversible. Yay, brain. Yay, brain. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about uh, historical trauma. It's a type of generational trauma. And this is what sort of started the the doctor to look into it. Uh, She was studying... survivors of the Holocaust that we talked about, Dr. Rakoff, but not just Holocaust survivors. You can look at any um, traumatic events that happen a- across the different countries and cultures. So you know, Japanese, Canadian, and Americans who were imprisoned in internment camps during World War II, and people of color uh, with their race-driven horrors that have been going on since we know <laughs> yeah. and continue to this day. It goes too far back in history. Yeah. Indigenous people worldwide, uh, Canada, uh, we're one of the worst. Yes. Uh, at, at causing the trauma. And but an example is residential schools. Right. Um, victims and survivors of war and ethnic cleansing. 
and other numerous and untold uh, human atrocities worldwide. You know, I, and there's so many that we could, could list here, which unfortunately, I mean, we haven't listed, you know, human trafficking and, and other, like so many other, but yeah, that's, that's historical trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marginalized groups are often blamed for their illnesses. And this is uh, a known thing that, uh, People of color and indigenous people are treated differently when they're in the hospital. Apparently their pain threshold is higher or they don't feel as much or they don't need as much care. Or if they're sick, it's something that they've done wrong. And that is just, I've seen it. And I don't know. Okay. You can be a bigot, say your shit and walk away. And it does cause great harm and damage. But once you cross the barrier into a hospital, Check that at the door. Mm-hmm. And you can even fucking think it if you want to. Mm-hmm. But you can't act on it. Mm-hmm. And as a nurse, like, the top of my head is, is popping off. The fact that I have no clue how to feel that way. Right. It's unrelatable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when I see it happen, like, I don't know what to do with it. Except mm-hmm. for I will do my damnedest to try to take over the care of that room Mm -hmm. and address it after (laughs) because you have to do your job right you know it's unacceptable but i mean that's just my little tiny bit of experience and as a whole i haven't seen a lot i have seen it Mm -hmm. but it's the sick shit that goes on Mm -hmm. it's just um like there's not a safe place and here i am you know white girl talking about this all i can talk about is what i what I have seen, but I can't even imagine in a million years what it's like. What it feels like. What it, what it feels like mm-hmm. to be treated less than. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me sick. So now that I <laughs> said what I had to say about that. <laughs> well, that's historical generational trauma. Yeah. So let's talk about healing. So there's not one path. Love to, to talk about healing. Yeah, I know. This is your fave subject. And yes. it, as it should be. Um, so there's no one path. No. We all heal in different ways, but there are a lot of good treatment choices out there. I'm going to name a couple because I know that we could do a a two, three part series on different um, healing uh, forms of healing. But one of them is psychoanalysis. You know, we've talked about that Freud and all his weirdness. Sit down and work it out, talk it out. EMDR. And this is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's mainly used to treat PTSD. And it's kind of a combo therapy of CBT, which is um, cognitive behavioral therapy, where you're trying to basically change the way you think and behave. Yeah, I just went through a 10-week CBT course on trauma. And that's exactly what they're doing. Have you rethink going into a situation or if you find you're being triggered and teaching you um, techniques and things like that. Did you find it helpful? I found it really helpful. Good. Um, what I especially found interesting is part of this healing process. I was I was going into it with my illnesses, my maladies, and people had different ones. Like, and they would be going through their healing process so completely different than what I was going through. And they may have been in a car wreck or something like that. And 
I didn't even think, well, what do you need to heal from that? Yeah. You know, like from a mental standpoint, uh, you know, and it was very helpful. It was really interesting. It's eye-opening, isn't it? It was. Because sometimes we, not meaning to, but we get caught up in our own. Mm -hmm. And we go, holy shit, there is a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we all need to heal. Right. That's good. I'm glad it was helpful to you. And you're moving on to the next. I am. I am. And it's proud of you. Thank you very much. It's, um, prime. It's, it's a notch up, I guess, if you will, on trauma and, um, really intense. It's, it's going for about 15 weeks. That's good. So it's not just like flying over it. They're actually getting into it. They're getting right into it and PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. You, I remember you and I had a conversation where you said that you didn't even think you had PTSD. I didn't. And boy, have I become aware. <laughs> I was the same. PTSD is not real. No, only soldiers get only that. Only soldiers. And, it, you know. Yeah. That's, you know, when you can say, oh, yeah, I think I do. Mm-hmm. And then you actually work on it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a beautiful thing. That's sick as that sounds, but it is. It means that's a whole new world open up to you of, of healing. Mm-hmm. So this EMDR, it's kind of interesting. What what they do is they make you relive or talk about um, traumatic experiences. And you move your eyes back and forth, right? Like I'm showing my eyes back and forth, almost um, mimicking REM sleep. Okay. So like deep rapid eye movement sleep. Right. And also while you're reliving this, the therapist may tap you like tap, but both sides. They'll tap your left side, your right side. They'll, you know, you touch your right leg, your your left leg. So what you're doing is you're stimulating both sides of the body, both sides of the brain. Brain. So as you're reliving this, you're reprocessing your brain on how to deal with that trauma. So it's no longer this particular reaction that you generally have. It'll like possibly have that go away entirely. So are you desensitizing yourself to the trauma? Reprocess, reprocessing and desensitizing, yes. Okay. Wow. So if you were triggered by something that would put you into a high anxiety state. Flying. Okay. So let's just say that with treatment with that, you may still have some anxiety, okay. but nowhere near the anxiety. Okay. And then sensations that you may have or the things that might have caused it are really not there anymore. I mean, they're there, but they're just kind of there. Okay. So this is, that's an example of how it works is that they walk you through why you're so afraid and they stimulate your brain. So it no longer feels that in this area all the time and is highly on fire. It dulls that down, has you rethink and reprocess it in your brain, reroute it. And, um, so it affects you physically, mentally, a lot of people have found this has helped them like tremendously what were you thinking about i am i'm looking for um a good uh psychologist to do it that yeah but i'm that specializes in it one thing about it though is it's very intense so when you're going through it it's uh very very hard and it's you almost become re-traumatized because you have to live it and feel it and go through it and it's almost like ripping the band-aid off (laughs) you know what i mean right and then then the healing starts. That's and, brave. Yeah. So um, 
because I don't, I just don't want to have these triggers anymore. Right. I mean, not that I ever did, but it's like I'm, I'm really just sick of it, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm looking for other ways because I've, I've been through the PTSD trauma programs a couple times, eight weeks in house, phenomenal, fantastic, helped me turn my life around. I'm on great medication. I have great, I'd say, really good coping mechanisms. But it's like. I got some, I have to go somewhere else from here. Mm-hmm. There, I don't see any reason to now be like, oh, okay, I can cope with it. Status quo. Yeah. Yeah. So I know how to deal with it. Well, how about if I don't have to deal with it mm-hmm. as much? Mm-hmm. So why not? I'm going to, yeah. I'm, I'm actively looking for somebody, but it's see, like anything. That's why I love talking about healing. Yeah. Cause there's, there's, there's always something, right? Well, like I said earlier, brains can revive and heal these changes and the damage can be reversible. It can. It's 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 beautiful. So another one is internal family systems, which is basically um, the concept that there's a part of you in every member of your family. Okay. Or like you play a role with every different member of your family. Okay. So you may be this person with that person, this person with that person, or you have traits of these other people. So what they do is they take it all. And help you to find out who you are as a whole. Help you to find yourself. Okay. That you are actually not the sum of everybody, but you're uh, you're a singular human being in and of your own. And would it mean too that the trauma doesn't define you? Yeah, Yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, so your mother may be this, your father may be this, your your brother may be this. And then you are this, but you're, but you're no longer a piece of them that way. A mm-hmm. piece of this person, that person, that person, you're you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it does sort of melt away. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it, it helps you understand your lineage. So what they might do is also. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that was an involuntary laugh. Oh. <laughs> do I want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Case. No, no, no. But what they'll do is they'll take a like a whiteboard like we have in front of us right now. Yeah. And they will do like a, a family tree and they'll break it down mm-hmm. so you can look at it and go, whoa, there it is all on one whiteboard here. Well, now. we did that ourselves. I know we do. We We're did. looking at it right now. Yeah, we did that ourselves because we needed to do that yeah. to understand how we could move forward. We both have these like phases that we just sucked out of lemon. <laughs> <laughs> we're like because we're looking at it in front of us right now and we were both like Ooh. <laughs> we were actually considering saying okay why don't we just start off telling our story and we're like nope no that's no, not the way that's not the way to go that's not the way to go no uh you, you'll 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 get to know us as it goes along oh yeah it would be a five-part series and that'd be it yeah people would be like get that off the air exactly exactly because it's not about trauma dumping it's about sharing and you know, learning. And that would definitely be a big dump. Yeah. <laughs> big steamy dump. Okay. And... <laughs> okay. All right. We she got never lets point. me take it too far. No. Um, okay. Prolonged exposure therapy. So you're confronting the source of your fear. So a perfect example is someone who's afraid of spiders mm-hmm. are forced to put a spider on their hand. Mm-hmm. And they do that day after day until, or week after week until they're no longer afraid of spiders. Okay. That's just a a simple oh maybe we can do that with you and mosquitoes i know you're gonna do that (laughs) no it's not the mosquitoes it's the other things that crawl around your patio 
All right. We live in the wilderness. Yeah, not really, but I'm just like... It's well, a, you're making it sound that I know. way. Well, it wasn't your field I was crying in. I would have had like a nice pop on ice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there would have been nice music in the background. Yeah. Yeah, nothing much to cry about there. Uh, somatic therapy. So uh, meditation, yoga, talk therapy, that kind of stuff. Uh, cognitive processing therapy, which is different from um, behavioral therapy. It... Um, uh, challenges and shifts unhelpful beliefs surrounding trauma and mm-hmm. generally pretty much is for working on ptsd so it's similar it's similar to mm-hmm. cbt because mm-hmm. it's changing the way you think so yeah that's it that's we it. have it we, we have it so discussed uh generational trauma do you uh have anything you want to add no i just wish that what we talked about today and Kay's, you gave us a lot of examples on healing process and the examples. And that's and just scratching the surface. That's there are, there yeah, are... you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, maybe that's extreme. Not just not scratching the surface. The surface. There are a lot more. There are more meaningful. No, there are other meaningful as as important or as helpful treatments out there. Right, and some of these you may be familiar with, and some. Of these, you may want to learn a little bit more about. Yeah, they may they may work for you more. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So that's today's episode on generational trauma. You did an amazing job. Thank you very much, Case. Nah, it was both of us. We both had to learn and, and go through this. And uh, if anything, it, us, you know, going through it, it just helps us learn more about ourselves. Yeah. And hopefully you guys learn some stuff. Yeah. So next episode is on trauma bonding. Yeah. The trauma bond. This is going to be interesting. What I'm learning and what I've looked at over the last 24 hours, I've really sunk my teeth into it. But I had been looking at it before and Kay's and I have had many discussions about it. And it's meaning it's a very interesting topic. And we really hope that you'll come back and listen to it. It's, it's going to be fun. Like um, our usual goofy selves. Yes, <laughs> indeed. It wouldn't be the same. And uh, thanks thanks very much for listening. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, we're really interested to know what you guys think about this. So join the, the, the Facebook group, Stable and Able Podcast. It is a private group. All you have to do is just request to join. And as long as you're not um, a serial killer, we'll let you in. <laughs> All joking aside, this is a group for for laughing and healing and sharing. So as long as you are on board with that, you're welcome to the group. And if you have anything you want to say about this episode or questions, something you want to add, everybody is free to post. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at stableenablepod or so all one word, no capital, stable and able podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you as well uh, on on there. And so, we will listen to what you have to say because oh yeah. it's important to us to move forward. And um, we administer this site uh, with our team yeah. administers this site. Yeah. So we all get to see what you guys are saying and what 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 you want to hear about or oh, yeah. if you have questions and, and things like that. That's, and we discuss that's it. so part of it. If something comes up and if uh, Brenda or myself um, don't 
answer it directly. We'll even say, Hey, did you see that, that post? Or what did you think of that? So mm-hmm. we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, as you get to know us, you'll, you'll know that we really, this is not just her and I, Yeah. this is, this is as, as, as big as it, it can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. And, um, we hope that this podcast found you well in wherever part of the world you are and that you're not too affected by all the natural things that are going on around that you're safe and sound and let's walk the path of healing together. Peace. One love.